Welcome back to another episode of Investees. I'm your host, Linda Garcia. This week on the podcast, we are going to discuss retailers reporting during earnings season. As a reminder, earnings season is when publicly traded companies report how much they've made in the quarter prior. Right now we're in Q3 or quarter three, and we are listening to reports from the second quarter. During earnings season, there is a traditional or expected rollout. The banks always kick off earnings season with a press release, the release of their financial statements, and then an earnings call. And at the end of earnings season is retailers. I'm not personally invested in a traditional bank, nor am I invested in retailers, but I do make it a priority to listen to the earnings reports from both sectors because these two sectors provide important insight on what is taking place economically. While there are still other publicly traded companies that do report towards the end of the third quarter, they are not as highly anticipated. Once retail has reported, we tend to close off earnings season. So we are now at the tail end of earnings season and we've had some of the biggest retailers report. I want to provide a recap of the two biggest retailers that I like to pay attention to to give us an idea on how the economy is doing. The two retailers that I find it important to pay attention to is Target and Walmart. The two retailers are often compared, and there are definitely nuances or differences between each of the consumers. The overall story for several quarters now has been that Walmart has been gaining market share over Target, alluding to the possibility that Target customers are leaving Target in order to go shop at Walmart which makes perfect sense as Walmart's entire campaign has been a rollback campaign. I'm sure you've heard that. If you've gone into the store, you will see the items that have rolled back, meaning they have certain items on sale. So what we've witnessed in the last, I would say at least four quarters, Walmart has reported that they have been gaining a high-end consumer. They also both have reported in the last several quarters that they have seen the shift between buying a brand name item to switching over to the generic brand item that the store sells. If we pay attention to what the executives are telling us when they report earnings, as well as consumer behavior, I think it can be really beneficial to get a sense of where the economy is, as we're letting the consumer tell us about their spending habits. Target has reported a beat on revenue and a loss on earnings per share. Now, before we get into comparing how Walmart did against those numbers, let me explain revenue and earnings per share. 
You will typically hear analysts or business people talk about the top line and the bottom line. What they are talking about is the income statement, the money that is coming into the business. The top line is reporting how much revenue was generated, how much money came into the business. And the bottom line is reporting the net income, how much revenue came in minus costs and expenses equals net income. So essentially how much profit a company made. There are analysts that do deep dives into these companies. They are assigned these companies and they review them quarter after quarter. They understand their sales trends. They understand how they perform every single quarter seasonally so they know what to expect. The analysts help set expectations on what a publicly traded company should meet based on the information that they've provided in previous quarters. This approach not only helps keep the publicly traded company accountable, but it also helps a retail investor like myself have better insight. And when they do report, they are then measured against analysts' expectations. If a company fails to meet analyst expectations, then we will typically see that reflected in the stock, meaning the stock will come down. If they beat analyst expectations and perform better than, then we will typically see the stock move up, an increase in share price. The most common numbers that are reported is revenue and earnings per share. At every earnings season, you will hear the report stating how much they made in revenue and what the earnings per share is. Now the revenue again is the top line, meaning how much money the company generated. Earnings per share is the bottom line. This is the profit or the net income. The reason we call it earnings per share is because the number that is reported is divided by every outstanding share, meaning every share that the company has open for ownership that we can purchase, the profit is then divided by each share. So if you have six shares of Target, then you're able to calculate how much profit was made off of one share that you own. Because these are publicly traded companies and there are shares, it only makes sense for us to know the numbers for each share that we own. If we owned the entire company, then there would be no shares and the bottom line would just be the profit or the net income. But because as retail investors, we own a specific number of shares, we get to calculate how much profit or loss we made per share. I know that this can get really convoluted and I'm also explaining this to you over audio so there's no visual for you to follow, but what I can say is that the concept becomes easier to understand the more that you ingest the information. So typically on Morning Bread on our Instagram account over at In Lose We Trust, during earnings season, I will report some of the most anticipated earnings calls for the day. And you will always see at the top of each post, earnings per share, 
and revenue and how it's being compared to what the analysts expected. Paying attention to earnings per share and revenue is a simple way to keep up with a publicly traded company on how they are performing. We're going to take a short break, and when we get back, we are going to dive into what each of these companies reported for the quarter, as well as any insights or clues as to how the economy is doing. Are you my investee and you haven't started investing yet? No judgment. Check this out. On November 3rd and 4th, I have an incredible beginner's stock market crash course that I designed specifically for you. The course is going to take place live virtually with the opportunity to ask me questions. Head over to inlosewetrust.com, search for Wealth Warrior The Course. You will find information on the curriculum, information on why you need to be investing into the stock market, as well as what our community members are saying. I look forward to seeing you on November 3rd and 4th. And we're back. Target reported an earnings per share of $1.80 versus $1.39 expected. Now remember, the expected number is what an analyst gathered and said Target should make at least $1.39 per share. This is the bottom line. Target beat that expectation by $0.41. Cents. So that is positive that the bottom line after costs and expenses were deducted from revenue, they beat analyst expectations, bringing in $1.80 per share. Now for revenue, Target didn't do as great. They reported $24.77 billion in revenue versus what the analysts expected, which was $25.16 billion in revenue. We typically tend to highlight the earnings per share first, even though that's the bottom line and revenue is the top line. A big part of making a business successful is identifying their costs and expenses that the company has. And so at the end of the day, what we really care about is the bottom line, the earnings per share. However, they did miss. So let's get into some of the highlights that Target reported. Target did give a really gloomy outlook. An important part of an earnings call or earnings season is the outlook that executives make. Again, this is one of my favorite reasons to listen to banks' earnings calls and retailers' earnings calls because of their forecast or their outlook. This is also called forward guidance. Because company executives have their pulse on the market as well as consumer behaviors, we can get some really interesting indicators as to what is taking place in the economy overall. Target gave what analysts are calling a gloomy outlook. Anytime you have negative news on an outlook, it is of course concerning, especially the bigger the company. So someone like Target reporting a gloomy outlook for the future, we should pay attention. Their CEO, Brian Cornell says, 
As we look at the consumer landscape today, we recognize the consumer is still challenged by the levels of inflation that they are seeing in food and beverage and household essentials. He went on to say that this is absorbing a much bigger portion of their budget. The CEO of Target makes it very clear that their consumer is struggling. This type of direct feedback is the type of feedback that we get on earnings calls, which again is the reason why I really find it important to listen to these sectors specifically, retail and the banking sector. It's important for us to note that Target's annual revenue accounts for about 20% of groceries meaning that a big part of what Target sells is items that are not essential. Target reported that the two factors that contributed the most to their decrease in sales was less purchases in home decor and in clothing. They did see an increase in purchase for food. Again, an essential item. For a few quarters now, Target has been taking aggressive steps to mark down their prices and clear excess inventory that they had during the pandemic. So they've been working really hard to slash the prices on backstock and get it out of the store. This is something that a lot of retailers reported shortly after COVID. If you remember back in the day when there were all of these shipping containers that were sort of waiting to be docked, that led to a big issue in a lot of backstock. Everything physically in-store was out, and that left retailers with a lot of inventory. By the time the inventory made its way into the store, we as consumers had already moved on. A point that I also think is really important that not just Target reported on, but retailers across the market is high organized crime, also known as smash and grab. There are a lot of videos circulating on social media where there is coordinated efforts to go into a store, target a specific area and run out. This is actually now a point of discussion, an actual line item on losses and how it's affecting the bottom line for many retailers. And this is a point that Target specifically brought up. They did have some positive highlights in Q2 in terms of sales. Those highlights included the Stanley Cup, which I have seen all over TikTok. They did a collaboration with Joanna Gaines. Those did really well as well as all Barbie merchandise, which makes complete sense. And then the other positive highlight in sales was Taylor Swift vinyl exclusive that the retailer carried. Now, this actually goes in line with what other retailers are also reporting. As we take a look at earnings season as a whole, the consumer behavior is that they are spending less on essential items, cutting back where they can, and staying away from non-essential items. However, spending money on travel and concerts. So very much experiential behavior, which makes sense after COVID. We are learning to prioritize experiences over having things in our home. I think we overshopped during COVID and now we want to prioritize getting out. In other positive news for Target, when we compare year over year, they actually did really well. 
we saw an increase of 835 million. When we look at it in earnings per share, that increase is $1.80. Last year, same quarter, they reported 183 million or 39 cents per share. The stock is up. It did increase after this earnings report, and I'm pretty sure it's because of the increase that Target saw year over year. So this is positive news for Target, I think, all in all. Obviously, we still have some signs here that the consumer is a bit fragile, that the consumer is willing to cut costs where needed. Now let's get into how Walmart did. Walmart actually did amazing. It beat on the top and the bottom line. The chief financial officer, John David Rainey, said that they've seen modest improvement in big ticket discretionary items. So discretionary items are items that we actually don't need. Customers are going into Walmart to purchase items like home decor, clothing, and electronics. So you can clearly see that while Target didn't do great for discretionary items, Walmart did report a slight increase, which is good. They're probably looking for deals. Again, feeding into Walmart's entire branding, which is the rollback branding, where you can get things for a cheaper price. The CEO of Walmart was really positive and said that he feels better about spending patterns than he did three months ago. In Q1, he had a negative outlook, and in Q2, he's giving a much more positive outlook, which Walmart is set up to thrive in times like these. Walmart's business model is nicely insulated. Walmart's bottom line or earnings per share came in at $1.84 versus $1.71 expected. Now these numbers are for the quarter. This is what analysts expected for the quarter. Revenue or the top line came in at $161.63 billion versus 160.27 billion expected. They beat on both the bottom line and the top line. Remember I mentioned that Target's groceries only account for 20% of their business. For Walmart, their groceries is a big part of their business. And so naturally, because we need groceries, they're a necessity, we can expect for Walmart to perform better. Walmart did notice that consumers were spending more on private brands. So pretty much the trend that we have been seeing in the last several quarters where consumers are buying generic brands versus name brands. Walmart also reported that they're seeing the trend in shoppers cooking from home. It's really interesting how a retailer can assess these behaviors. The way they assess this is like the uptick in seasoning that is purchased. They saw an uptick in tools to cook with, such as blenders and mixers. And they also saw an uptick in prepared meals. So this is letting us know that the consumer is most likely spending less money dining out and spending more money towards cooking at home. They also noted that they saw a big bump in sales when they offered discounts or rollbacks on backpacks and snacks. 
However, there's still concerns for the economy. This is something that was also echoed by Target, where they worry about student loan payments, as well as continued interest rate hikes. They're also being very conservative on the type of merchandise that they order to resell at the store. Another trend that I found really interesting is they did report back to school items selling extremely well. And typically when back to school items sell well, then they see that trend continue for October, pumpkin spice everything, and into gift giving Christmas. So it will be interesting to see what they report for Q3 and Q4 if that is a trend that continues. Obviously, there's so much uncertainty because of where the economy is today. We really don't know, but they did make that call based on past patterns that they see in the industry. Which makes me wonder if that's why the CEO has such a positive sentiment in this quarter versus the negative sentiment he had in Q1. All in all, I think the biggest takeaway from this episode is that while we do have apprehension to spend money as consumers, this apprehension is merited. We're making intelligent decisions, shopping where we need to shop, and maybe prioritizing experiences. I feel like Walmart's report being positive lets us know that the consumer is a savvy consumer, knows how to spend their money, and that ultimately we're doing okay. I would be much worried if Walmart reported negative news. I can understand why Target reported negative news, but the fact that Walmart is positive and they've actually seen an increase in discretionary items makes me feel good about the economy overall and that consumers are making intelligent decisions. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I want to ask you for a favor. If you're enjoying the episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts, give us a review, rate the podcast. This really helps the algorithm for Apple Podcasts. I would appreciate it. And we'll catch up on the next one. This podcast is brought to you by Cosmic Standard and In Lose We Trust. A very special thank you to our team, Eliza Smith, Jacob Winnick, Asia Simpson, Nina Gainsler-Debs, and I'm your host, Linda Garcia, signing off for the week.